Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I am Tony Katz. So good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. The sanctions in effect for Iran. Back with a vengeance. Now that the Iran deal is done and the president certainly Hello. unafraid of it, the Iran sanctions have officially been cast. These are the most biting sanctions ever imposed, and in November they ratcheted up to yet another level. Anyone doing business with Iran will not be doing business with the United States. I am asking for world peace. Nothing less. Nothing less. And uh, it was just a few days ago where the president of the United States, you, you, you've met him before. Hi, Tony. Iran and its economy is going very bad and fast. I will meet or not meet. It doesn't matter. It's up to them. He offered to meet with uh, Rouhani, President Rouhani. That's not going to happen. Nor uh, should it ever, ever be trusted. You can't trust. You can't trust these people. You shouldn't trust these people. That doesn't stop President Trump from, from trying it. I'm just saying you can't trust uh, these people. Um, d- will the sanctions uh, anger members uh, of the EU, the European Union? Probably. It's okay. Companies are already saying, sorry, Iran, we got we to gotta leave. We can't give up our business relationship with the United States. But people are forgetting that these sanctions are for the protesters. They're for the people in Iran who have been protesting the economic conditions that exist. Uh, let me give you the the basically the, the 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 basics of it here. Terrorists get money, the people are screwed, and the people are exhausted. That's the story. That's what's going on when we talk about Iran and the, and their financial situation. So these sanctions are back in place. This is meant to put pressure on Iran. One thing that's very interesting about President Trump, man, he does not mind moving from subject to subject, from place to place. Got no issue with it whatsoever. There is nothing that he thinks is is out of bounds, out of the realm, out of reach. He'll have the conversation with anyone and everyone. Let's go to work. Let's do this. Let's do that. What do you mean you can only do one thing at a time? No, no, stop it with that craziness. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the other. Then I'm going to have myself a cheeseburger. Then I'm going to do this thing, that thing. Someone get me a Coke. I'm going to do three things over here. I'm going to go say hello to Baron. I'm going to have myself a dinner. I get my steaks well done because I do not everything perfect. And having a well done steak, as we know, is an offense against the Lord above. But it's what I do and no one's going to stop me because it's my money and it's my steak. And then I'm going to work a little bit longer. I'm going to get with Milani. We're going to have a little street, a little sleep, and then the next thing you know, I'm back up at 4 a.m. tweeting and working. This is who he is. This is who he is. And yes, I absolutely, absolutely, I have no quarter uh, for the for the well done steak. He's just wrong. Don't don't tell. You know what? I'm gonna hear from people. Oh, you're just a never trumper. Having a well done steak is wrong. It is an offense against the Lord, and there is nothing else to be said. Just want to make sure we're all perfectly clear on that. The sanctions, though, I'm down with. I have no problem. I have no problem with the sanctions against Iran whatsoever. And let me move it over to Berkeley, where protesters are upset with the Berkeley Police Department. One of the best stories I could ever possibly do. Protesters, members of Antifa, very, very angry with the Berkeley Police Department 
because uh, there was a, there was a, a protest and people got arrested on Sunday because windows were smashed, citizens were punched, weapons by the dozens confiscated by police. Now they claim, uh, do the Antifa people, that they were protesting against a rally by the alt right groups. I think like I think it's like the Proud Boys and some of the, some of those groups. I'm not. I know very little about the organization. What I know is is that as long as they're not committing acts of violence, uh, they're allowed to protest. The First Amendment exists for them. It exists for the people you like. It exists for the people you don't like. That's the point of it. And Antifa, as we all know, is a violent organization made of violent people who commit acts of violence. Did you hear about Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens today? They, from Turning Point USA, and they were eating in Philadelphia. Now, actually, this happened yesterday, but more video came out today. And there were people there protesting them and screaming at them. This is them inside the restaurant. Being called fascists inside the restaurant. Then they walk outside. They're just getting screamed at and yelled at and cursed at. And the best part is they start talking about white supremacy. Candace Owens is black. She's being yelled at by by these elitist white girls about white supremacy. And I love how they're talking about the bourgeoisie, right? Because everything is Marxism to these people. Right? The bourgeoisie would be would be the upper crust. Not not the middle class, right? That's not that's not uh, how how they how they're they're using it at least in this. The proletariat is the working class, right? The bourgeoisie. Oh, look at you with all your fancy money from the job that you have and you work and you save, etc. So they talk in the classic Marxist style. That's Antifa. This is who they are. Well, these people get arrested at this rally in Berkeley. And their Antifa members, or at least Antifa supporters, whatever you want to call them, and they get their mugshots published because that's how we do in America. So now Antifa is infuriated because you're putting these people in danger. They're there. They're the ones who are breaking things. They're the ones who are causing the problem. They got arrested. Rick Perry got arrested for nonsense, basically a charge made up by a state official. He had to get a mugshot. Well, he was char- he was uh, charged. I don't know if he ever got, quote-unquote, arrested, but he, like, I don't know if he was cuffed and taken to a, a police station, I should say. But he had a mugshot taken, one of the best mugshots in history. You want to look up a good photo? Rick Perry mugshot. That thing is sweet. That thing is fantastic. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm your governor. I got a, and I got a mugshot. Sup, boo? That's exactly what he's saying. But they're infuriated. They're infuriated, and they're saying that the mugshots were posted before the press protesters were formally charged.
Okay. Go enjoy that. Go enjoy that. But please know. I mean, if, they, if they've got a case, go ahead. Sue the Berkeley police. Nothing would make it funnier. You know? I mean, that'd just be, of course you are. But so we're clear, Antifa is violent. Antifa is violence. Antifa is the epitome of violence. It's who they are. They're not anti-fascists. They are communists that believe in total control, and they will do so via violence, via the barrel of a gun. This is what they believe in. Right? That's all they are. That's all they've ever been. That's all they know how to be. Don't ever be on their side. Never, ever be on their side. They, are, they will always now and forever be wrong. They are violent, dangerous uh, people. Also, violence is Chicago. We're going to get into that. Exactly what's going on in Chicago. We talked about uh, the murders that took place there over the weekend, the amount of shootings. Um, how does this affect uh, Rahm Emanuel and re-election? At what moment do the people of Chicago say we've had enough? At what moment not only do they say they've had enough of Rahm Emanuel, do they say they have enough of democratic rule? Can they change? Can they turn the corner there? Rahm Emanuel has 10 challengers, by the way. 10 of them uh, in in Chicago. We will get uh, into that. Oh, and the latest... Uh, this uh, this just breaking. Um, Michael Cohen, the former lawyer for President Trump, under investigation for tax fraud. I mean, yeah, it's it's like the most predictable script ever. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. And the trumpets they go. And the trumpets they go. Tony Katz, and can the, this show, The Bachelorette, just go an hour without having some kind of scandal? They, they, they Do they plan that into the show? Like, when they plan out the season, do they plan out all the scandals they're going to try and, and, and spin out from it? I don't watch the show, uh, the, the Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Here, and one of the things that I find so un- unbelievable is that, you know, living here in Indianapolis, uh, tornadoes do happen. You live in the Midwest, right? It's it, it's going to happen. Uh, the first time I heard the siren go off, I was like, what in the world is that? I didn't realize it was a test because they, they test them every, every week. And, and I'm usually, you know, I'm at work. I'm in studio. I don't, I don't get to hear it. But I, I was home. I had taken the day off, and I heard him like, what is going on? My wife was like, it's, it's, they're just testing the system. I'm like, that is frightening. That is frightening. When I lived in Los Angeles, it was earthquakes. There were no tests. Things just started moving. Things, your first earthquake. You always remember your first? True story. True story. Uh, speaking of not their first, it's The Bachelorette. That's not what it sounds like. Isn't that like a Russian sub going down? That's what, that's what I thought that was. But The Bachelorette has got its own scandal regarding uh, uh, Instagram. So there is, the, the, the bachelorette is this woman, Becca, the one who was in love with Ari Lyon Dyke Jr. And then uh, he, bro- he picked her and then decided he was wrong. 
and broke her heart, and there she is crying. Do- Listen, don't ask how I know these things. I blame Matt Overton, former long snapper for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, friend of the show, because he he is a crazy fan, and sometimes his his tweets will talk about it, and and I still remember it. So like I I I know I know when something's happening, although I've never watched the show. That I could at least say I've never watched uh, the show. Well, she uh, picked this guy. Uh, spoiler alert, Garrett. Yurigoyen, Y-R-I-G-O-Y-E-N. I I guess that's the last name she wanted. Her last name is Cuffrin, so maybe it's a step up. Right? And so here, I'm trying to make sure uh, I understand what the um, scandal is. Because there's supposedly a scandal involving his past Instagram activity. Was it was he posting nude photos of himself or something? What is his uh oh oh no no it wasn't like that. He had posts that include memes that mock transgender people, immigrants and feminists and claim that uh, uh David Hogg was a crisis actor. Huh. Yeah. Well, he's he, they still let him on the show and she still picked him. All right? That's got that's got to be like that's got to be problematic. I don't think they were ready or expecting uh, that. He said, so I stand by everything I posted my apology. I guess he apologized. And I'm just trying to grow as a person and be a better person on a daily basis. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Isn't it amazing that you actually have to say that to somebody? Aren't, we, aren't, are you, aren't you trying to get better? I, I love the, one of the craziest things I ever said is, you know, uh, this is who I am. And, and uh, you just have to deal with it. Well, what if who you are like sucks? Don't it, Do you ever ask yourself, hey, this is who I am, but do I like who I am? Is this good who I am? Does this have a value for me or anybody around me of who I am? Maybe I could be better than this. This whole idea of this is who I am is, is about stunted growth. It's a very weird way to live, as I see it. Very, very strange. Um, so anyway, that's the, the, the Bachelorette. You now know more about the Bachelorette than you ever, ever imagined. I'm here to help. I do all the things for you. Let's get back to Chicago. Because Chicago has got itself a problem. A dozen people dead, 62 wounded this weekend. And Rahm Emanuel has got himself a a problem with re-election. He's got 10 Democratic challengers. They're all blaming him for, for soaring crime. They blamed him for understaffed police, a lack of investment in uh, Chicago's neighborhoods. Blaming him for everything. And they're not necessarily wrong. However, why would I believe that one Democrat is going to do better than another Democrat if they all have the same base policy position? So you've got a guy named Paul Vallis. He is the former CEO of the public schools there in Chicago. He's a mayoral candidate. There is no substitution for providing police resources we need to close this gap. Well, all I know is is that there was supposed to be like a $90 million grant to Chicago. And um, Rahm Emanuel wanted to use it for a police training center. And I think it was Chance the Rapper who went to a couple of uh, meetings and said, why aren't we using this for schools? He wants to move uh, to, to push out Rahm Emanuel. Why? Because Rahm Emanuel... Is, is not uh, doing what he wants. 
And yet you have people here talking about you need to do more with police. You need to fill the gaps uh, for police. And you've got Chance the Rapper saying, nope, nope, that's not it. You've got the former CEO of the public schools blaming Rahm Emanuel, the mayor, for allowing the detective division, quote, to be gutted through attrition. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. It's going to be fascinating to see how Chicago moves uh, about this. First, have we accepted the idea, the, the basic commentary, that we've got a cultural issue in Chicago? You know, I, I said this yesterday, and I wasn't trying to be flip. I'm, I mean this. If Chicago was a school, the press would pay attention to this. Now, I can't tell you about every shooting that took place. Over, over the weekend, all 60-some-odd. What I can tell you is what we see, if we're going to have an honest conversation, is that school shootings are committed by white kids. School shootings are committed by white kids. Why, why can't we say this? What is it that, that, that leads down that road? That's a worthwhile question. Is it indeed a, a medication? Is it something else? Is it some other type of, of societal uh, issue? I believe that a tremendous amount of what we see in school shootings is uh, uh, kids who are unable to deal with, um, with, with failure, unable to deal with, with a little bit of hardship. Things don't go their way. As I've often discussed, if you have a society that's told that their feelings matter, their feelings count, their feelings have value, and they're allowed to act out upon their feelings, well, you're going to have a lot of people who act out upon their feelings. And then, of course, you add on to that that no one's allowed to tell you that your feelings aren't real. Well, that's what happens inside the schools. Outside the schools, that is a tremendous amount of black-on-black violence. Large preponderance. We see this again and again. And that has to do with something different culturally. If we're not addressing the issues on these, on these kinds of bases, we're never going to get through it. We're never going to be able to stop it. Now, it doesn't mean that policing doesn't play the, the, the strongest part possible. It doesn't mean that what we've done in society, which is decided in, in so many places in, in, in popular culture, that the police are the enemy by their sheer existence. There's this whole theory that all cops are racist. Wait, there are black cops. All racist. Yeah, but they're, I've, I've been told that uh, if, 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 you're, if you're black, you can't be racist because, you know, it's about power and, and, and it can't happen. Doesn't matter. They're racist. If you put on a uniform, you're racist. That's just the way it is. But I, I, don't, I don't understand how it works if they can be racist uh, because they're wearing a uniform, but they're black, so therefore they don't have power, so they can't be racist. I, I'm confused. It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. But this is the way they go down the line. This is the way uh, that, that, that they want to act and, and react. But when you have that kind of situation, when you have that kind of response, how do you expect the things to get better? We've got multiple cultural issues happening. Multiple. And we're not addressing them. We're, we're like afraid of them. We're somehow afraid that if we talk about them, we're going to be labeled racist or bigoted or we just shy away from it. Can't shy away from it. People are not murdering each other in Chicago just because, you know, it's fun. 
That's not why it's happening. There is something culturally underneath that's heading down that road. What is it? Now, you can argue that there is a, it may be an issue with policing. Okay. You could argue there's a, uh, an issue with leadership. I would say absolutely. But you can't argue that, that that culture isn't a part of it. And we just don't get into it. We are so desperately scared. We are so unbelievably scared of having this conversation, and I don't know why. White kids do their shootings in schools. Black kids do their shootings on the streets. There might be a bit of an age difference, but you can't deny these things. Why does it happen? How do we work at it on that level to put an end to it? Well, maybe not an end to it, but to lessen it. Can't you lessen it? Can't you Can't you slow it up? Can't you reduce it by half? Wouldn't reducing it by half be at least a better approach? Until some of these candidates start addressing exactly that. Until they start addressing that issue. Well, then, they're never going to really get to the problem. And if Chicago wanted to at least make me happy, just try a Republican. How much more of this do you want to take? Try a Republican. What do you got to lose? You're getting murdered by the dozen every weekend. Try a Republican. Give it a shot. See what happens. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz and Michael Cohen is going down fast. Former Trump lawyer. Oh, just don't even, I don't even like looking at his face. It's just so, it's just so awful. He is being investigated for tax fraud. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. Federal prosecutors in New York are checking whether the attorney underreported income from his taxi medallion business on his tax returns. He's 51. He is 51. I didn't, I, 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 for some reason he seemed older to me. Um, Cohen's income from the medallion business in the past five years included hundreds of thousands of dollars that he received in cash and other payments. Medallions are licenses that allow you to operate uh, individual taxis in New York City and and the and the surrounding. Oh, he's gonna flip the. There are there are no uh, there are no amount of flips that Michael Cohen won't do uh, to uh, get a lesser sentence in regards to uh, President Trump. Oh, he's gonna say anything they want him to say. So many flips he could join Cirque du Soleil. It's just gonna go on and on and on for forever. This is just the latest, just the latest uh, in in the uh, total insanity. Uh, and I did not come across this CNN um, writing because I because I don't go to CNN. He's an ethics professor named Joseph Holt. He writes at Notre Dame, the Mendoza College of Business. That's where he's the ethics uh, professor. 
And he's writing in CNN, the press isn't the enemy, it's the protector. Huh. Very, very uh, interesting. I'm talking about Jim Acosta. Oh, the poor treatment that Jim Acosta received. And shame on Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who won't say that the press is not the enemy of the people. She won't say it. She refuses to say it, even though President Trump says it constantly and continually. President Trump calling the press horrible people. Uh, the professor there, uh, Professor Holt, says the language is dangerous. Calling the press an enemy of the people is bizarre. And a real enemy of the American people seeking to undermine our democracy would love nothing more than to shut down the press. In this case, we have a press that's desperate to shut down the president. Listen, I don't think there's anybody who's confused by what the president means when he talks about the enemy of the people. I, I don't I don't think there's anybody who somehow has this 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 twisted. Right. If you have a press that's so desperate for the president to lose, for the president to fail, um, that they are proactive as they were in campaigning against him in their own writings, as they are in pushing stories that don't even have real sources. How many times have they backtracked and, and, and gone on to apologize? What? Why, why can't this get discussed? Why, why can't we say this is a problem? Why can't we note that Jim Acosta is interested in Jim Acosta, not in a free press? Why can't we say these uh, very things? Why can't we put that forth? And he finishes by saying, uh, does uh, this Joseph Holt, we thank soldiers for their service because they devote themselves to protecting our freedoms, and we should. But we should also thank the media for the same reason, especially when the stakes have never been higher. And for that, Mr. Holt is getting the crap kicked out of him. Comparing the press to the military. You're not going to get me to somehow say that we don't need a free press. You're not going to get me to say uh, that we should be undermining uh, a, a free press. But I don't think that's what we're doing. Not by any stretch of the imagination. I, I never know whether or not when you're on this side of the microphone you're considered the press. You're considered media, right? Am I, am I just considered an entertainer and somehow I'm out of that realm? Um, I'm commentary, so so I don't fit. I, I don't know how others uh, uh, view it. I don't know how others put that together. I assume that I'm somehow within that, which is to say that if the president was really threatening media, wouldn't I be one of the people who's like, yeah, uh, time for him to stop talking. Time to It's time to stand up against this kind of nonsense. I, I don't, I have never been told not to say something. I have never in my my career here, right? So so I do mornings on WIBC Indianapolis. And now I've got the the midday show, which we're looking to bring out to 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 the region, to the Midwest, and see where it goes from there. Really exciting times. And got got another so, so got another podcast coming outside of the realm of politics. Uh, a lot happening. It's it's terrific. Could not be happier. I have in so I've been here what a little over four years. Right, it's with WIBC Indianapolis. In my four years, I have never ever gotten a note that says "Don't say something." I take that back. I've gotten two notes in my life. 
I've gotten to You know what the first one was? The first note was from my program director, David Wood. This is an absolutely true story. I'm having a conversation, and it's a conversation about my broken computer. I'm, I'm, I'm looking things up, and the computer in front of me isn't working. It's a, I can't get a, 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 to a website. Nothing's moving, and I am complaining about the computer. I swear to you, this is a true story. And my program director texts me and says, shut the blank up right now. He has ne- he's never, he doesn't talk like that, right? He doesn't, he, you know him, uh, Ari, he, he doesn't talk like that. David doesn't, doesn't say anything like that. I saw him later, I'm like, what in the hell is this? And he says, Tony, I don't mind you complaining about something not working, but no one cares about your computer. They're going to work, people are going to work, they're listening to you and they've got their own computer problems. They don't want to hear about your computer problems. I said, oh, okay. That was a very, very astute and true observation. When you're in the, when you're in the chair, you everything's got to be good, right? You, you, other people have issues. Last thing in the world they want to hear about is like your crap. You know, oh, your computer doesn't work. Look, poor you. You know, nobody's no. That's that. It may be upsetting you, but it's not what's important for people as they want to know how they get to work so they're not late, right? When you do mornings, especially. Other one came from the owner of of Emma's Communications, right? The oh, such oh, such true story. Such it's the second one I've ever gotten. A true story. Uh, the owner of of Emma's is a guy by the name of Jeff Smolian. Now, Jeff's politics, my politics, nothing alike. Uh, fantastic guy, fantastic guy, uh, kind of legend in in radio and in, in in what he's built and what he's owned. It been the ups, the downs. Really, really solid uh, a guy. Awful politics as I see it, but but totally quality human being. And he he emails me. He goes, Tony, I I need I need to talk to you. Yeah, what what's going on? You need to call so and so. Why in the world do I need to call so and so? So and so owns a restaurant in town, and you were complaining that they didn't have a certain thing on the menu, and they want to talk to you about it. Like, those are the two times anybody who's quote-unquote above me uh, ever emailed me, and one was a reminder of, you know, what exactly people are interested in, and remember your job as an entertainer, and the other one was you were complaining about a restaurant not having a certain item, and they want to talk to you about it. That is the totality of notes that I have received as a radio professional. No one's ever told me what to do or, 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 or what to say. Never once, including, by the way, the President of the United States or anybody like that. The, the point that I, that, I, that I bring up is that if someone has been, had been giving me notes, hey, you can't talk about this, hey, you can't do that, hey, you can't, I wouldn't be here. I would have gone right to podcasts and been done with it. I would have said, okay, there's no way to have uh, honesty. Here I'd be gone. You got to be able to have honesty, and to do that, you got to have a free press. You got to be able to speak about the things as you see fit. Now, I think when you speak about things, you got to be able to back them up with facts and resources and all all this sort of, of, of stuff. But this idea that the that the, the 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 press is 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 like soldiers, you will not get me to disagree that there can be. There, there, we, we, we can't ever assume that there is something more valuable than the First Amendment. The reason we have the Second Amendment is to protect the First Amendment. 
It is remarkably valuable. It matters. Of course it does. I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree. But can't we speak up when they're letting us down? Can't we speak up when they're lying? Can't we speak up when Jim Acosta is being more about Jim Acosta than he is uh, uh, about press freedoms? Can't we say so? We should say so. So I would say to Professor Holt there at, at Notre Dame, stop defending the indefensible. You want to push and make sure people remember the value of free speech? I agree. But when Jim Acosta gets it wrong, say so. When April Ryan gets it wrong, say so. When Peter Ducey gets it wrong, say so. But let's not get into this comparison game. Let's just be completely honest, forthright people. It'd be a lot easier. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz. So good to be with you. Kathy Griffin. She's on the side of Antifa. Believes that the police in Portland side with Nazis. She is so desperate to get you to go to one of her shows. She'll literally say anything just to be able to put her name out there. The phone number 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Um, P- Portland police have put out on Twitter um, that this is the Portland uh, Police uh, Bureau. Now, remember, Portland, Oregon, is where the ICE offices were being uh, protested and blocked by these Antifa people. These are the people who created the biohazard by using the streets as their bathrooms. Human feces, 100-degree temperatures. Yep. Uh, following people to their homes. Uh, screaming and yelling at them as they uh, as they uh, go after as they pick up their children from day camp, all sorts of madness, complete and total madness. And they think that this is normal. They think this is the way to do it. They're the people who walk around with the punch Nazi shirts. Let me tell you, I'm I'm not a fan of Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. But I don't think you walk around punching people. And so there were a lot of different uh, skirmishes, a lot of different riots. These people are violent. Antifa's always violent. And so uh, there's this announcement that the sound truck has announced. This is the Portland Police Bureau. Officers have observed protesters throwing projectiles, including rocks and bottles. The projectiles were thrown at officers uh, near, uh, I think it's uh, NATO Parkway in Southwest Columbia. All people in this area must immediately disperse. Failure to comply with this order may subject you to arrest or citation and may subject you to the use of riot control agents or impact weapons. Kathy Griffin responding to this saying, oh, blank off. Police in Portland of all cities siding with and protecting Nazi Proud Boys in prayer, some S. White America has to face the harsh reality that cops are largely racist. Yeah, I said it. The cops are fighting the actual Portlanders and calling them Antifa. First, she's so brave. Just a little, 
A little something for, for Kathy Graham. Brave. Brave. What, what are we doing? Snaps? We're doing snaps? Huge ups? Can we use that? What were they doing with the hands? The, the twinkle hands? Do you remember that? But it was spirit. No, it was, it was up twinkles. Uh, look that. I think that's what it used to be in the days of Occupy Wall Street. It was up twinkles, I, I think it was called. She's so incredibly brave. It was called up twinkles. All these things. Uh, the, the Proud Boys are uh, groups. I think they're around the country. Um, I think Gavin McInnes is the guy who put that together. I said, yeah, we're, 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 we're Americans and we're proud. That's as I know it. Usually when I see names like that, I personally have a, a, a gut check, right? That, that, ain't, that ain't for me. But I don't tell them how to act, live, and be. As long as I'm not being violent towards people, I'm cool. As long as no one's being violent towards me, I'm fine. I might disagree with them. I might agree with them. But her argument is they're Nazis. I haven't, I don't, I haven't heard anybody tell me that they're Nazis. If they are, I'd like to know. That said, and I've said this many, many times, I am no fan of Nazis. But we allow for free speech in the country. And I understand that it sucks sometimes, Kathy, but that's the way it goes. You don't have the right to punch them. If they're hurting you, you have the right to defend yourself, which is amazing. You're totally in favor of punching Nazis, but you're not in favor of having a firearm or me having a firearm when I need to defend myself against someone who's actually trying to hurt me. Not someone exercising their rights. Someone actually trying to hurt me are the ones I love. You really got to check your position. You got to check your premise. It went full Ayn Rand on you. You really got to check your premise uh, right there. Um... But this is her really just desperate to get uh, uh, attention. Desperate to get uh, uh, attention. And, well, it's worth a laugh, so I'll give it to her. Then there's the story of the California mom. There is a mom. uh, Delfina Moda is her name. She's 26. She is suing the hospital in Oceanside where she gave birth on July 13th. She's giving birth... And she has to do it by C-section. And in having the C-section, the hospital, I don't even know how this is possible. I think the story is fake news. I think it's made up. I think you found me a fake story, Ari, but I've read it three times, and it is insane. The hospital did not administer anything for the pain. Now, it's being described as an emergency procedure. But she's saying because there was no anesthetic of any kind that it was uh, it was negligence. Now, having a, a wife who had uh, two C-sections, there was absolutely drugs involved. There were totally drugs involved. She was awake, but there were absolutely drugs involved. And not all of them were for me. So it, it happened this way. So I don't know what it is. What did she think was going to happen? Um, that uh, she went there and she expected everything to go fine and she requested the epidural. Then they said they had to do it by emergency C-section. And I guess there wasn't time for the epidural. And now she, she is suing. Now the part about this story is that The hospital allegedly tried to smooth it over by offering them a double room after the birth and a $25 card to the gift shop. 
Okay. That's, listen, if you're going to let someone sue you, let them sue you. $25 gift card in a double room does not necessarily make things okay. I don't know how many people can can be bought for that regard. Hey, you cut into my wife without giving her anything for the pain. Sorry about that. Here, get yourself a teddy bear. Maybe a box of chocolate. Well, you can't get the teddy bear and the box of chocolates. It's pretty it's, it's expensive. Half box of chocolates. Half a teddy bear. <laughs> Just be nasty. That's gross. I don't know if they have a case if it's an emergency C-section, right? But they'd give you something? No, it's an emergency. It's a big difference. Uh, on Twitter, Tony Katz. Get the podcast. Subscribe to it tomorrow, everyone. TonyKatz.com. Take care.